0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: 2 Samuel is divided nicely Into three sections, chapters 1 through 10, we have David's triumphs, chapters 11 and 12, we have David's trials, and chapters 13 through 24, we have David's troubles. Chapters 1 through 10, David's triumphs, 11 and 12, David's trials, and 13 through 24, David's troubles. I told you, uh, if you were with us, I don't know, let me see, just curious, who was with us in Second uh, Samuel, say, a couple months ago, three months ago-ish, okay? All right, that, that's a good number. Again, kind of half and half, like it was Sunday. Okay, you know I told you many months ago that First um, Samuel is a book about Samuel, Saul, and David. Second Samuel is all about David's reign as king. Seven and a half years in Hebron, 33 years in Jerusalem. There's more written about the life of... David and the ministry of King David than any other person in the Old Testament. David is mentioned over a thousand times in the Bible. In 2 Samuel, we learn of David's life and his humanity and his royalty and his failures and his his successes. Now, if you've been with us, you know that uh, chapter 12, very important, listen up. Chapter 12, God said through the prophet Nathan to David, because you have sinned and uh, with Bathsheba... um, and despised God, um, God um, judged him. And the Bible says that the sword uh, would never depart from David's house. Or when the Bible says his house, the Bible means his dynasty, his lineage. Forever, David would be dealing with that because of his sin with Bathsheba. And from that moment on, the uh, sword in trouble never departed from David's house. Now, you know that after David's sin with Bathsheba, David genuinely repented. And he makes himself vertically right with God. But on the horizontal, there's still consequences that never leave his life. And we're going to see that tonight. And David will be king, but he'll never be the king that he was before the sin. It was Alan Redpath who said, listen, and I've quoted this before. If you've been with me, when a man or a woman of God sins, they are like an eagle with its wings clipped. They may fly again, but never as high. They may fly again, but never as high. It's very true of David. Now, you might remember back in chapter 16, and if you've missed any of the teachings and you like to pick them up, the bookstore, you can order them. Back in chapter 16, there was a man by the name of Shammai, Shammai, and he sees David and he runs out of the front door. He picks up some stones and some dirt and he throws it at David and he's cursing David. And this is the fruit of David touching Bathsheba. And I'm sure David wished he never touched Bathsheba. Uh, you might remember Abishai. He didn't take that disrespect too kindly, but he just accepted it as the will of God. David accepted it as the will of God as God was chasing him. And we know that because Psalm 3, Psalm 41, 61, 62, 63, David writes about this time and how heartbroken he was as he's fleeing from Absalom. And in chapter 17, as we gather the last time, David has been driven out of Jerusalem, and rather than allow the city to come under the sword of Absalom, David left the city and has gone over over the Jordan, somewhere in the area of Jabuk, towards Gilead, and David comes to Mahanaim. There's a word for you, Mahanaim, and there he met three guys. A guy by the name of Shobai is the brother of Hanan, Mekur, he's the caretaker of Mephibosheth and in Lodabar. And Bazilli, he was the older guy, about 80 years old, really nice guy. David's out in the field, and he bought Bazilli bought David some beds and some basins and some wheat and grain and beans and lentils to help David while he was in the wilderness. We left off there. We pick up in chapter 18 tonight, Saints. And if you're looking at verse one, second Samuel chapter 18, you're looking at verse one, y'all say, "Amen." And David, in verse 1, numbered the people who were with him and set captives of thousands. We're going to take big chunks tonight, so y'all just kind of hold on, okay? Because I want to finish this whole chapter. 33 verses. Y'all don't think I'm going to do it, do you? I'm going to do it. Watch. David numbered the people, because I can do all things through Christ. David numbered the people who were with him set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. And then David sent out one third of the people under the hand of Joab and one third under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zura, Joab's brother, and one third under the hand of Atai, the Gittite. And the king said to the people, I will also surely go out with you myself. But the people answered, you shall not go out, for if we flee away, they will not care about us, nor if half of us die, will they care about us but you are worth 10,000 of us now, for you are now more help to us in the city, King David. And then the king said to them, whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by the hundreds and by the thousands, and the king had commanded Joab Abishai in a tie, saying, underline this in your Bible, deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captain's orders concerning Absalom. And so the people went out into the field of battle against me—against Israel. And the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. And the people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David. And a great slaughter of 20,000, 20,000. Y'all see that? Took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside, and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. David, you know your Bibles, don't you? David, in your history, David was a man of war. And being a man of war, David knew exactly how to organize an army. Notice the Bible tells us in verse 1 that he set them in three divisions under the leadership of Joab, Abishai, and Ittai. David sets them these men over thousands. Now you might remember, or do you? David left the city with six hundred men, and now the Bible tells us. Are y'all picking this up? Now the Bible tells us he has thousands. He left with six hundred. Now he has thousands. What happened? No doubt, David left Jerusalem down the hills, across the Jordan, up the area of Jabek or Jabok and Gilead. And person after person knew that David was God's anointed king. And in their hearts, they knew that David was God's king and in the will of God and that his son seeking to take over the kingdom was out of the will of God. The people completely understood that. That's why they were gravitating toward David, because God called David and God did not call Absalom. So now there are a thousand standing with David. You know, it makes me think of Romans 8:31. You might want to write that down. Great verse. Romans 8:31, what shall we say then if God be for us, who can be against us? Am I right about it saints? If God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Luke 20. Psalm 110. The Lord If you obey the Lord, he will make your enemies your footstools. Look at the grace of God. David has sinned against God, and God is still blessing and supplying David with what he needs because David, sin and all, is a man after God's own heart. David sets up the armies and battalions, and then David said, I'm going to fight with you, and I will surely go out with you. Keep in mind, David is about 60 years old at this time. David remembers chapter 11, as it was war season and David didn't go out and fight. Are you listening? David didn't go out and fight. It's war season. And then that's when he got into the sin. He goes out on the roof. He looks over the way. He sees Bathsheba on the roof taking a bath. I don't know. Maybe that's how she got her name. I don't know. Bathsheba, she's taking a bath. And David looks over there and he sees her taking a bath. He has her bought to him. He sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. David has a problem. David would not have had a problem if he was about the father's business and out in the field fighting as he should have been. So I think at this point, David has learned his lesson. It is war season. He got into sin with Bathsheba for not going to war. David's probably thinking, I'm not falling for that again. I'm going to fight this time. And they said, nope, not good. And they gave David three reasons. Number one, his life was more valuable. Number two, David could bring them supplies if needed. You're more help to us. And number three, they understood it would be hard for David to fight his own son, Absalom. David said, fine, whatever y'all think. And he stayed at the gate and with the people. In verse 5 and 8, look through verse 5 through 8. David told his leaders, deal gently, and I had you underline this, deal gently for me, With the young man Absalom for my sake. Interesting. He doesn't say deal gently with Absalom for Absalom's sake. He says deal gently with Absalom for what sayings? My sake. This is my son, the greater than David. Think about that. The greater than David, Jesus, deals gently with us for his sake. Verse 6 The people went into the field and they fought Israel in the woods in the forest of Ephraim. Now, Here's my sanctified imagination. Absalom probably forgets that Joab, Abishai, and Ittai are David's seasoned soldiers. Forgetting that David is one of the best field generals the nation has ever had. Forgetting that his dad had been running from Saul for 20 years and survived in the desert and in the woods, the forest. And he won battles on that kind of terrain. Think about it. David's men probably set up the battle in the wooded area because they knew that this would be the area that they would have the advantage. Because they know that area. They know how to battle in various areas. So it seems that Absalom and Israel walk right into a situation and it seems that the Lord set that up. I was reading this last night and I thought to myself, it is interesting, the Lord using the woods for his glory, using the forest for his glory to defeat the enemy. He can use anything. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Notice in verse seven, the people were killed. This blew me away. 20,000 men, 20,000. I thought about, you know, Normandy. You ever see those movies where like the boats, you get off the boat and then the soldiers get off the boat and then they get in a little boat and then they get up on land. And then when they get to the land, there are bodies strewn all over. Think about 20,000 dead bodies. That's a lot of dead bodies. It makes me think of Revelation prophetically. Uh, The Holocaust. Uh, World War II. This was a long battle. Swinging swords. These guys were strong. Notice in verse 9. We're going to pick up. Look at verse 9. Then Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great tabernet tree and his head caught in the tabernet. And so he was left hanging between heaven and earth and the mule, which was under him, kept right on going. Now, a certain man saw it in verse 10 and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in a teberinth tree. So, Joab, you can't make this stuff up, look. So, Joab said to the man who told him, You just saw him? And why didn't you strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a belt. And the man said to Joab, Though I were to receive ten shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you, and Abishai and Ittai saying, Beware, verse 5, Beware lest any touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise... I would have dealt falsely against my own life, for there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. And Joab said, I can't linger. I can't talk to you. Get away from me. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the Tiberin tree. And the young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck him and killed him. I'll explain. So Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel, for Joab held back the people, and they took Absalom, and they cast him in a large pit in the woods, and laid a very large heap of stones over him, and then all of Israel fled, everyone to his own tent. Now Absalom, in his lifetime, had taken and set up a pillar for himself, which is In the king's valley for he said I have no son to keep my name in remembrance and he called the pillar after his own name and to this day it is called what saints Absalom's monument stop right there give me your attention Absalom's um met the Bible tells us verse nine met the servants of David and we don't know how he met the servants of David we are not given the details there perhaps the 20,000 dead men Absalom is fleeing the scene of the crime comes around the bend, and runs right into the servants of David. 2 Samuel 17 tells us that Ahithophel told Absalom not to go to battle. And maybe because Absalom wasn't a great fighter, he definitely wasn't smart. Because if you're going to go to battle, you don't go to battle riding a mule. Amen. He's not a general. So maybe Absalom was trying to get away. The mule went under the tree And Absalom's head got caught in the tree, and he's left there hanging. Josephus, who is a Jewish historian, tells us that his hair was caught by a branch in the tree. Chapter 14, we learn that Absalom had beautiful hair. If you were with me in chapter 14, I told you that uh, Absalom is the Old Testament Fabio. He had beautiful, beautiful hair, beautiful hair. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us every year he cut six pounds of it, and he weighed it. Think about that. Who goes to battle with their hair blowing in the wind? If he would have put, I mean, I'm reading this. I'm going, why didn't he just put it like, what, what do y'all do with it? You put it in a, a bun. Why don't you just put like a man bun or something, man? Just put the thing up. And if you would have put it up, you wouldn't have been swinging between heaven and earth by your hair. Who does that? So Absalom's probably proud of his beautiful thick hair and that pride. Watch this. That pride left him hanging from a tree. That pride cost him his life. Hanging between heaven and earth. The thing you pride yourself in, I'm going to say this and move on. The thing you pride yourself in is the thing that will kill you. Verse 10 tells us a certain man saw it and told Joab, I just saw Absalom swinging from a tree. That's awesome. (laughs) I just saw Absalom swinging from a tree. Joab said, what do you mean you saw Absalom? Why didn't you kill him? Joab said, I would have given you money and a belt to kill him. The man said, no amount of money would cause me to disobey the king. And he specifically asked not, he was specifically asked not to kill Absalom. Remember, again, verse five, David said, be gentle. And the man said, if I would have killed him, we would go back to the camp. The king would say, who killed my son? And everyone would have said that guy. And then the king would tell you, kill me. And you would kill me. And what good would money in a belt do me if I'm dead? Well, verse 14, Joab said, I don't want to talk about it because Joab knew the guy was right. Joab took three spears or javelins and put it in the heart of Absalom. Now, in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, when the heart is mentioned, many times a heart can mean just a torso. It can mean the entire torso. So more likely those spears maybe went into his stomach and that's considered the heart in hebrew because the men then come by and kill him so he wasn't dead so he put those spears in his stomach area but note joab disobeys the king's command now listen i want you listening quick listen uh, closely look at me joab this tells us something about joab joab probably this is what i feel as you read the text, you can kind of see this. David, I believe, lost control of Joab way before this. Joab disobeys the king. David lost control of Joab way before this. 2 Samuel chapter 12 David takes Bathsheba and she gets pregnant, remember? And David tries to think quick and he begins to hatch a plan after several attempts to get Bathsheba's husband Uriah to sleep with his wife. Uriah refused to go in and sleep with her because of integrity. And David then writes a letter and he sends it to who saints? Joab by the hand of Uriah. And the letter told Joab to put Uriah in the heat of the battle to have him killed. Uriah was one of David's mighty men and Uriah trusted David. And that's why David wasn't worried that he would open the letter. Joab did what David asked and later learned of the sin of Bathsheba with Bathsheba. And it's probably right there that Joab thought, hmm, I'm going to start making my own decisions. I'm going to start doing what I, what I think is best. So Joab puts three javelins into Absalom against the word of the king, but he wasn't dead. Verse 15 tells us 10 guys finished him off. And again, the sword shall never depart from your house. Absalom's rebellion, Ahithophel's bitterness and Joab's anger. I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 and 12. It tells us that those things happened to them or the scriptures in the old Testament, the stories that we have in the old Testament happened to them for examples to us. So when you read the old Testament, they're examples to us. We're to learn from them. they're written down to warn us. And I think of the immorality in David's life and ministry. Immorality, listen, bears no good fruit. Rebellion bears no good fruit. Bitterness bears no good fruit. It defiles others and consumes you. Anger. Are y'all listening? Anger bears no good fruit. When people don't submit to the word of God and the authority of God, there's nothing but bad fruit. And this is what we see in the life of David. This is what we see in the ministry of David. In verses 16, let's pick up in verse 19. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. Then Ahimeaz The son of Zadok said, let me run now and take the news to the king how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, you shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. And then Joab said to the Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimez, the son of Zadok, he's a priest, said to, again to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. And so Joab said, Underline this in your neighbor's Bible. Why will you run my son, since you have no news ready, but whatever happens, he said, let me run. And so he said to him, run. And then Ahinamaz ran by the way of the plain and out ran the Cushite. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. The Bible tells us that Joab blew the trumpet in verse 16, back up a little bit. Joab blew the trumpet in verse 16. That's a shofar. You might want to write that in your margins to stop the bloodshed. And remember, there are more than 20,000 people already dead. Verse 17, they took Absalom and they put him in a pit. Now listen, that is biblical. That's biblical. Parents, this one's for you. Deuteronomy chapter 21, 18 through 21. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gates of his city. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This, this son of ours, this son of ours. Doesn't that sound like parents? This son of ours. Usually, I, when my kids do something, I say, That son of yours. She goes, no, ain't my son. That's your son. Hey, ain't my son. That's your son. This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. And so you shall put away the evil from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. So they buried Absalom. The Bible tells us they buried Absalom under a heap. And that's justice in God's economy.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,